Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello, it's Bex from the Fun Kids Book Club podcast here. You know, I'm not the only one talking about great books. There are kids across the pond, that's America, who love books and talk about them on the Book Club for Kids podcast. Each episode, host Kitty Feldy chats about a book with three readers. There's also an author interview and a reading from the book by a celebrity. Give it a listen, and if you want to be on the show, find out more on their website, bookclubforkids.org. Hey guys, Kitty Feldy here, and a big thank you to everybody who voted for their very favourite Book Club for Kids episode. We heard from so many people, thank you. But our winner of the Book Club for Kids fan favourite, as suggested by listener Lily Havelock, is episode 43, Fish in a Tree, by Linda Mullally Hunt. I hope you enjoy it, and Happy New Year! It's the Book Club for Kids. It's the Book Club for Kids. It's the Book Club for Kids! It's the Book Club for Kids podcast! Hi, I'm Kitty Feldy. This week it's all about reading. We asked these kids at the East Rancher Dominguez Library in Comden how many books they read last month. Um, about 20. I think I have read 10 or probably 12. Um, probably 30. But what if you're dyslexic and reading is hard? I like Mr. Daniels, but he's got a thing for reading. Always talking about books and how great they are. Personally, I'd rather have the flu. That's our celebrity reader, the terrifically talented actress Mimi Kennedy. She's reading from Fish in a Tree by writer Linda Mullally Hunt. Linda tells us she wasn't much of a reader herself when she was a kid. My teachers had written me off. I was the kid who could not read and write. This is the Book Club for Kids, the show where kids talk about books. This week we're in Southern California, taping our show in a brand new library. But it's right down the street from the old branch in Compton where I used to shelve books. These days, the East Rancher Dominguez Library is packed with kids taking home stacks of actual books, including these readers. My name is Marianne. I'm 10 and I go to George Washington Carver School in Los Angeles, California. My name is Nayeli. I'm in fifth grade, and I go to Clinton Elementary. Hi, my name is Miguel. I am 13 years old. I go to Whaley Middle School, and it's in Compton. My name is Alfonso. I'm in fifth grade, and I go to Clinton Elementary School in Compton. Fish in the Tree is about how a girl named Allie Nickerson, she's, uh, she's been bullied, and she always gets in trouble. Allie's a very troublemaker. She will, yeah, she's a troublemaker, and she likes... She doesn't like to cooperate in class. Well, she just doesn't pay attention and she doesn't put all her effort into her school. Like, she doesn't like writing or other stuff. She has dyslexia, where you mix up many letters together. For example, like M and W and D and B. She gets a new teacher, and what's different about the substitute teacher? The new teacher is way nicer than the, the, than the old teacher. He doesn't scream, 
and he isn't as mean to the kids as the old teacher. He's extra nicer. He doesn't put too much um, pressure on the students how the other teacher did. The old teacher thinks about herself most of the time and doesn't think about the children, but the new teacher um, focuses on both the children and himself. He helped Ali more with the subjects and um, her grammar and her spelling. He helped her a lot. He helped her with self-confidence to have it in herself. And since he's a wise teacher, um, he helps more than the other teacher. He's like more like outgoing and he calls all the kids um, fantasticos. It's funny. Who figured out the dyslexia? The teacher, when he figured out that most of the time when Ali was reading or writing, there were many mistakes between some letters. A lady, she came in and um, she had to do a test. So Ali went in and she did a test. So that's when he found out that um, she actually had dyslexia. Most of the time when some kids have something like dyslexia, um, they, they, they act mean about it and they start like bullying them for it. And that's why many kids don't like to say that they have dyslexia or something like that. My friend, she's an older um, girl, so she really doesn't get bullied because she really doesn't tell many people because I guess she's shy or embarrassed about it. People, they actually bully them because um, they think they're better than them. When we say bullying, I mean, what do they actually do? They don't take them in a corner and beat them up. No, they just make fun of him or say words of him. They emotionally bully him. Like, well, what does that mean? Like by saying mean words to them and like by taunting them, by doing some actions like saying, we're going to have a test and there's going to be like words in it that you don't know about. Let's hear some more about what it feels like when letters don't make sense and about a very special teacher. Our celebrity reader is actress Mimi Kennedy. You probably recognize her from Mom or Midnight in Paris or maybe Dharma and Greg. Here she is reading from Fish in a Tree. I like Mr. Daniels, but he's got a thing for reading, always talking about books and how great they are. Personally, I'd rather have the flu. The last thing Mr. Daniels said yesterday was that we were going to write stories today and that it would be our chance to show him what we've got. The only thing I've got is a plan. With a big piece of cloth and a safety pin, my writing arm hangs in a sling. How can he ask me to write like this? I'm feeling pretty proud, I must admit. All I have to do is remember not to move it. I wish it really did hurt. It would be easier. He sees me when I walk in, and it isn't long before he comes over to ask me what has happened. I have practiced the story all the way to school about how I tripped over my cat on the stairs and fell. You have a cat, he asks. Yeah. He nods. Then he glances down at my sling. Is it a new cat? No, we've had that cat forever. A regular member of the family, I say, feeling like I'm starring in a commercial for something I'd never eat in a million years. He has a weird look on his face when he asks, What's its name? Whose name? Your cat. I panic. Porkchop pops out of my mouth. He laughs. Porkchop the cat, huh? I bet the dogs in the neighborhood like that. I'm nervous and embarrassed, wondering why I have to be so weird, wondering why I now have to watch the mind movie in my head of a furry meowing pork chop with a tail. 
but when the rest of the class sits down to do their writing assignments, he says I can read a book. I stare at the letters and watch them dance and move on the bright white page. My eyes ache and my head hurts. Mr. Daniels watches me, so I look down at the page and remember to turn it every once in a while. With my eyes closed, I watch bright movies of me flying, one of my favorite movies. In this one, I'm flying just above the water, my stomach almost touching it, racing towards a castle filled with blue light. I open my eyes a bit to watch the others write. I look at the page again. I even try to read some. I really do. But I can't help wondering why Mr. Daniels keeps looking over at me. character in this book? Mine was Ali because she seemed very realistic. She was a kid who believed that she wanted friends um, and she wanted it, She wanted people to know that she was more than nobody. Mine was Albert and Ali because Albert, I guess, he's a very smart guy and he always has his signs behind many of what he, many things of what he says. And Ali because she overcomes what happened were like problems that she has, and she um she doesn't get her like let herself get down or push down. Albert and Keisha. Albert, he's like a computer man. Like you could count on him for stuff. Keisha, she's tough, and she always sticks up for Allie. My favorite character is the teacher because um he's a very nice person and he helps many people um with their with their um speaking and spelling. Have you had a teacher that nice? Yes, Miss Ortiz. Because when someone says um, stuff wrong, she corrects them. And she doesn't make them feel bad about it when they get it wrong? No. What makes a good teacher? They're nice. They don't pressure many kids in tests. And if they do something wrong, um, they talk to them, but they don't go like screaming like most teachers would. When they stand up in the class and teach, not just say, oh, here's page 91, do it. The students understand them more than just to do it themselves and get everything wrong. A good teacher is intelligent, knows a lot of reading, helps out a lot of people, and um, when someone's like crazy or something, it tells them like a nice way um, to sit down and to behave. If I made you in charge of, you know, the teaching program at Cal State Long Beach and you were going to train the next generation of teachers, what would be the things you would make sure they would do so they would be really good teachers and not just mediocre teachers or average teachers? I would say to be nice and I'll say to them, I don't want any crazy people. I want intelligent people and that have their degree in teaching and also that they just need a feel where the student's coming from and not just judge them or like not just jump to a subject and say, like, get to this page and do everything. And my favorite teacher is Miss Sethi because she would always be nice to us and she wouldn't be like, oh, do this or do that or say like what any normal teacher would say, like, oh, you're going to get in trouble because you did this and you don't even know if it's them really or not. Does this book remind you of anything else you've read? It reminds me about many other books about kids that have been bullied and they want to try to stand up and let people know that um, they can do stuff. 
It reminds me of, like Harry Potter because their uh, Harry uh, Harry Potter's uncle um, he always got letters and but his uncle didn't like him so he ripped his letters. Well, it's not really a book, but it's an article, and it was about how this basketball player. It was on Scholastic News. He was talking about how you could stand up to bullies and that just don't stay quiet. In this last month, can you think how many books have you read? Um, about 20. I think I have read 10 or probably 12. Um, probably 30 books because since I had like, since now in fifth grade, you have to do 10 book reports. Like my teacher said, every Friday you're going to get a new one, and then we're all like, but wait, we haven't even finished it. But then me over there, I'm like, oh, I'm already done. Um, I'm going to be honest, I don't read much because it's time is very, like, like squished in my schedule. So I've only read, like, two or three, not much. That's not bad, though. That's not bad. Okay, but you guys read a lot. So, I mean, tell me why, what is it about reading and what is it about books that makes you want to be consuming books like that. I feel like it's an adventure to read. Like, it takes you to all places you haven't been to. Like, I read a book about Kentucky around there, and um, I read one about Washington, D.C., and I feel like they just take you on adventures to every kind of little place you want to be, and then it tells you more about the place, and you just don't want to be there and be like, um, what, what are we doing here? It just like you imagine like if you're in the story and like Harry Potter, it's a really good story and you just imagine like you're one of those characters in there. It takes you in different adventures and you have more fun in reading and it's like you're exploring new worlds. I like books because most of them are realistic and can actually happen. Um, Some books have more action than other. I like them because, yeah, like they said, it takes you in adventures. It's pretty obvious that these guys are Max readers. But what about our author, Linda Mullally Hunt? I was the kid who could not read and write. I was in the lowest reading group for one through six. Um, I was quiet, and I was disheveled, and I had snarls in my hair in the younger grades. And uh, my teachers had written me off. And by the time I got to the fifth grade, my teacher didn't ask me for an assignment the entire year. And if I didn't do it, he just never asked. But the thing was, is I was smart enough to know what that meant. It meant that he thought it didn't matter. So by the time I got to the summer before sixth grade, I was actually really frightened. I remember sitting one day at the dining room table, flipping through my brother's textbooks, high school textbooks, and wondering how I would ever do those things. And then I entered sixth grade, and I met a man named Constantine Christie, my sixth grade teacher. And do not doubt it when I tell you that guy saved me saved me. I mean, not only did I go from the lowest reading group to the highest in that school year, but I walked out you know, three inches taller because my back was straighter. And I left sixth grade with a laser focus on becoming a teacher one day to help kids like he had helped me. Um, and he did a myriad of things for me. He held very high expectations for me, and he held me to those expectations. Um, but he supported me. He made eye contact. He took the time to have conversations. He took the time to learn who the child was, and therefore the student flourished because I fell over myself um, trying to please him. What did he do specifically to turn you into a reader? The basal readers that I was doing in my reading groups were so boring 
that there was no story. And so one day he handed me a book called Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing by Judy Bloom, And he locked eyes with me and he said, I want you to go home and read this. And I kind of swung my hip to the side and I said, well, why should I? And he leaned forward and he said, because I think you can and I want you to try. So I learned two very important things that night. One, I could read a lot better than anybody thought I could. And two, I had never known that you could see movies in your head from reading a book because those basal readers had no stories. They had no plots, really. So um, I read a ton of Judy Bloom and a ton of Beverly Cleary and eventually ran across my favorite book of all time, The K by Theodore Taylor. I was a reader, but it wasn't because I'd seen the light and fallen in love with books. It was because I had fallen in love with the connection of being able to share that with somebody else. What is your favorite book? I don't really have the direct title, but it's about slavery in the 1800s. And um, there's this woman, and like I guess when she was like really young, she there's certain jobs to do. Like if you're young, like I think you work in the house, and then if you get older and older, you start working the fields and stuff. My favorite book is Harry Potter because it's like if you're in the Wonderland, and I like all the scenes. interesting and I think Harry Potter is a really good character. Uh, I'd have to do two, House on Mango Street and Holes. I like the two books because they're interesting, they're adventurous and they it can happen in real life like Holes, it can happen in real life and then just like um, how the House on Mango Street, it's, um, it's the same thing, it can happen in real life and they're realistic. My favorite book is also Holes And the reason why it's my favorite book is because it's similar to how many camps are. Um, this boy called Stanley comes to a camp, and it's super hard and super rude, and it would make it feel like it actually happened in a story in real life because many of the scenes, are it would happen in real life. Mimi Kennedy, what's your favorite book? My favorite book is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. It's a very romantic book, and I was a very romantic girl. The other thing about the book I have since learned is that it was one of the first that started with the character's childhood and showed how the experiences she had as a child shaped the kind of adult she became. And she was a very good person, and I was attracted to that. You could overcome adversity and still have a loving heart. And it's said that Charles Dickens wrote David Copperfield, his very famous book about a child growing up through adverse circumstances, and he wrote it because someone handed him Charlotte Bronte's book, Jane Eyre, and said, read this, look how she approaches a story. I guess we know what your favorite book is, Linda Mullally Hunt. Now, tell us why. The K by Theodore Taylor was a book that I just randomly pulled off the shelf as a sixth grader and fell in love with the cover. I thought the cover was really beautiful. But, um, it, you know, it's a story that takes place during World War II about a young boy named Philip who ends up on, a, um, on an island with a person of color named Timothy. And Philip, is the boy, is just obnoxious and rude. And every time he behaves that way, Timothy just comes back and meets him with kindness. And I think the sixth grader in me was fascinated with that dichotomy. I just read it over and over and over again. Every time I read that book, I opened up a little bit more. 
We'll have a list of everybody's favorite book at our website, bookclubforkids.org. And if you need suggestions for other great books, we'll have a link there as well. And if you want to buy the book, you can even do that at the website, bookclubforkids.org. Book Club for Kids is funded in part by the D.C. Commission on the Arts and Humanities, an agency supported in part by the National Endowment for the Arts, and by listeners like you. Thanks this week to Jonathan Jensen, who composed and performed our music, and to Emma Steinkellner, who designed our logo. And thanks, of course, to our readers at the East Rancho Dominguez Library, Naley, Marianne, Alfonso, and Miguel, and our hero librarian, Camille Ray. Thanks as well to our celebrity reader, Mimi Kennedy, and to our writer this week, Linda Malali Hunt. We have a free newsletter for teachers, parents, and librarians full of free tips about how to turn kids into lifelong readers. You can sign up at our website, bookclubforkids.org. And we'll have a link to reading tips from writer Linda Malali Hunt and our East Rancho Dominguez librarian, Camille Ray. And by the way, we are looking for summer reading groups in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia areas, or Southern California, groups that will be meeting this summer and want to talk about a book and be on the show. Contact us now if you're interested. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, you name it. I'm Kitty Feldy. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again in two weeks with our 100th new episode recorded live at the Bay Area Book Festival in Berkeley, California, where we'll be discussing The Storm Runner by J.C. Cervantes. And we hope you'll check out our other new podcast. It's called The Fina Mendoza Mysteries, set on Capitol Hill, where the daughter of a congressman solves the mystery of the demon cat. There's a new detective in town. My name is Fina Mendoza. I moved to Washington, D.C. with my older sister, Gabby, because Papa works in the U.S. Capitol. He's a congressman. Me? I solve mysteries. The Fina Mendoza Mysteries are coming soon, right here on your favorite station. That was Book Club for Kids, hosted by Kitty Feldy. Find it wherever you're listening to this. There's also a link to subscribe in the show notes. And if you want to be on the show, find out more on their website, bookclubforkids.org. See you soon! So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading!